Welcome to the Sacred Feminine Power podcast, where we explore the many facets of feminine power and why it is so important for women and for men to step into this power in our world at this time. This is Emmy from Feminine Revered, and my magical guest for today is Annie Williams. Annie is an internationally acclaimed recording artist with more than two dozen, dozen albums of her original harp and vocal compositions. Since the 1980s, her music focuses on ancient feminine sacred traditions and the living goddess dwelling within everyone. Annie's dedication to Egyptian and indigenous sound traditions is highlighted in her online trainings and videos on sound alchemy, bioacoustic medicine since 1995. She's an author and pilgrimage guide to ancient sites since 1985. Her current focus is writing a book on feminine temples across the Pyrenees, where she's now living. Annie's also written extensively on her journeys to ancient sites around the world. And I have to confess that I have been dreaming of having Annie on the podcast for the longest time. And it's absolutely amazing and beautiful to have her with us now. And we are recording this interview on the Pentecost, which is all about the descent of the Holy Spirit and Sophia, and also date-wise on the 666 portal, which is really all about the sacred vibration of the divine feminine. So I have goosebumps as I say this, Annie. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, thank you, Emmy. Thank you so much for inviting me. And on this special day, uh, how appropriate for us to connect and speak of these things uh, on the sacred feminine and, and the fire. Mm, absolutely. Oh, it's such a blessing to have you with us. And I am so excited to be learning from you today. Now, Annie, since my podcast is called Sacred Feminine Power, I love to start by asking my guests, what does sacred feminine power mean to you personally? Ah, wow. What a, it, that is a big question and it's a life quest lifetimes probably um i think it is finding our core our center of authenticity and having that knowing within fully embodied uh mind body spirit and heart um uh, for me it 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 was evident in the voice that this was not happening, <laughs> that there was a disconnect. And I started noticing that people were not listening to me and they would defer to the powerful teacher, man, partner next to me. And I, it was always very frustrating. So um, I think for me, it has been a long process of discovery and, and working on, on that embodiment of the authentic voice which represents who we are and we could talk forever about that you know that that's a big project, and I'm happy to <laughs> <laughs> beautiful and yes absolutely I'm, I'm looking forward to diving deeper into this um, topic around the authentic voice but before we go there Annie would, would you please share a challenge that you have faced on your path that's really helped you to activate sacred feminine power within you? Oh, gosh, yes, there were many. Um, one that comes to mind when you ask the question is, I think it was mm, many, many decades ago, maybe 40 years ago, 
And I was in a relationship with a partner and we were playing music together and uh, we did uh, duets of, of music with guitar and voice. And at one point he told me, he was angry and he said, well, you can't sing, you can't play music, so I don't even know why you're attempting this. And I realized that he was wrong and that I was in process with my music and that I actually needed to stick with it. And so I dropped him like a hot potato, but um, (laughs) that was a challenge that was really in my face because it was a, a fairly long relationship. And um, I think that was a challenge that I had to really step up to and say, no, I'm, I'm continuing. There was some spark of will within my belly, within my being that said, no, continue anyway. It reminds me of, of Mother Teresa, who always said, you know, if some challenge comes up, do it anyway, if you believe in it. Hmm. Yeah, well, I can only imagine the, the inner turmoil that hearing something like that would have would have caused within you at that point. Um, what, what, what do you feel is the divine meaning or the hidden blessing in that challenge now that you very clearly are on the other side of it? Yes, I think with each step of, of, of having a courageous step forward, regardless of the challenges or the denial, for instance, uh, many people are told you don't have a voice, you can't do that, it's not practical, or you don't have talent or whatever. All all sorts of uh, reasons why we shouldn't do what we're doing. And I think with each step forward, it increased a sense of will within and it's not a pushing will it's well sometimes it had to be but i i think it's a divinely guided or internally guided will to continue regards you know beyond any challenge that that steps in our path and i know we're all faced with many many challenges i mean that's kind of the 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 schoolroom of life, the grist for the mill for growth. And if we take those challenges, instead of having it take us down and throw us down, uh, stepping forward and saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to take this, embrace it and keep moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it can take a lot of courage in a world that's really tends to suppress our authentic voices in so many ways, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But now we have such an opportunity. It's kind of a, a, a very mixed planet right now with of extremes. It seems like the higher we go, the lower parts of the planet go and the more violence and darkness and I think it's important to keep on keeping on with our visions, with, you know, creating an alternative to the tremendous suffering and darkness in the world um, and create something beautiful out of that, out of that, you know, like the lotus grows out of the mud idea, you know, taking that energy and making something beautiful. 
Mm, absolutely. Yeah, that resonates very strongly. Um, Ani, how can we use our voices and the tones we produce to really empower ourselves and, and claim that authentic voice? Yeah, it's a really good question, Emmy. And um, I've been working on <laughs> liberating human voices for about four decades, I think it is. I can't even remember when I started, but I think it was 1992 or 94. And um, so I think becoming aware of our emotions and giving a voice to the emotions is something that is so basic that anyone can relate to. It's not high tech, although what I do with voice diagnostics can be very scientific. But basically, if people just get in touch with their authentic voice within, if a certain feeling arises, to breathe into the sensations and breathe into the feelings and then give a voice to how that feels. And it's something that animals and children and babies do naturally. And through cultural conditioning and, you know, having to grow up <laughs> so-called emotionally and, con and contain certain emotions, that, that natural connection between emotion and sound is cut. And we have to reweave the connection between that authentic sound and, and how we are in the moment. And uh, there was a wonderful biophysicist uh, named Man Manfred Kleins. He was also a professional uh, pianist, concert pianist from Austria. And he developed a science based on years of research of voices around the world. And he found there was a common language, a common language of sound that connected with emotion, and he called it sentix. And I think this is really a key for liberating um, our authentic voices. Mm. Yeah, that's fascinating. And, and when we focus especially on, on, on women, and, and I mean, our voices have been very systematically suppressed for centuries, within the patriarchal paradigms that we live within. How is it that we can really use our, our voices and, and the sounds? What kind of sounds can we be making as women to really step more into our power? Well, that is a very individual uh, answer. I mean, each person needs different sounds because each person has a unique configuration of frequencies that make up their story and who they are. But generally, we can actually uh, address your question by um, the, culturally and for millennia, uh, as you just indicated, women's voices have been cut. I mean, literally in the third and fourth centuries uh, CE current era, um, church fathers said, let no woman speak in church. Let, you know, <laughs> often they couldn't even enter the, the, the church. So, so we're in this process of releasing all of that trauma and negation. And 
in my work with women's voices over the decades, I found that generally women are missing the tones that tend to relate to the first two chakras. And um, those would be the tones C or Do, depending on what system you use. Uh, the tone C is in Charlie or, or Katie. And the, the note C sharp, Do sostenido. And then uh, the note D as well, but mostly it's C and C sharp. And those tones are, are chronically missing in the voices of women across the world. And what do those tones relate to in the work that I do? They relate to first chakras, sexual energy, uh, being able to manifest our true mission here, uh, self-empowerment, ability to manifest uh, happiness, really, and well-being. Um, and, and it also has to do with everything about survival, uh, you know, money, home, stability, love, and embodying and celebrating that in our lives. So when I, when I work with women I, I, or anybody, I, I uh, analyze their voice. And if, if those tones are dropping out, then those tones are used as a practice. And they actually make those tones to stimulate the body mind to remember those frequencies. And all of a sudden, the life, their life starts to change and open up, or they suddenly feel like they've come home to themselves. I had a client the other day, I said, how do you feel doing this tone? And she said, I feel like I'm home, home in myself. So it, it really helps on the inner, uh, bringing that authentic self and voice back. And also it reflects outside in our lives and how, how our lives look and manifest. Mm, beautiful. This is such a fascinating topic. And Ani, I was sharing with you before we started recording that um, although I now use my voice a lot through this podcast and through the healing work that I do, mainly through guided meditations and journeys and so on, I've always been told throughout my life that I cannot sing. And I have read, and, and as a child, my dream actually was to become a singer and perform in musicals. That was the big dream that I had. And it's obviously something that I have buried very deep inside and feel very, very uncomfortable singing in front of people and just have very little confidence in my singing voice even now. And I've just recently started working, took a huge step of courage to start working with my voice. And the, the tones that you were mentioning there it's something that um, I've started to, to, you know, just a little bit so far start to work with. And, and when you said um, about that woman who mentioned that it feels like she's come home when she makes those tones, that's how it felt for me as well. And it is just such an amazing vibrational feeling at a cellular level when you start to hit those notes and hold them um, that starts to happen inside your body. Yes, thank you for sharing that. And, and I have to say that one of the first things I noticed when I heard your voice was how embodied and grounded your voice is. I find that quite unusual in women's voices. Um, most women are speaking from the throat 
up, you know, from the head area and not from the belly. And I think uh, that it's really essential uh, way beyond learning to sing because it, it, you know, that's great, but even toning or making sounds that, that feel power empowering to each one of us is, is really uh, an easy approachable uh, method. And that those basic deep tones uh, can be related to the element of fire and the, uh, the, the root, the fire, the cauldron within at the hara, you know, the, right below the navel, the umbilical, um, we have internally what, what the Taoists call cauldron of fire. Uh, so it's our inner fire that we need to access. And, um, you know, in the Eastern traditions, they would call it a spinning wheel of light or a chakra, kakra. Um, but this, this in really connecting, reconnecting with that inner fire and how perfect that we're uh, sharing about this information on Pentecost, the descent of the, of the holy fire and the Shekinah or the Shekinah, that light fire of spirit within. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. I love that um, connection with the fire element that really is so transforming and all about transmutation and and rebirth as well. So that as we start to claim our authentic voices, we, we are in many ways rebirthing ourselves, aren't we? Right, right. And of course, all the elements are important and in balance and uh, you know, to have that that balance of all the elements. But I find that because of the disconnect from our, our the, the beauty and the purity of our sexuality, that fire has been suppressed. Healthy fire has been suppressed. Instead, it comes out in aberrant forms in, on our planet now with violence and uh, sexual distortions. But really that pure essential fire of spirit within us uh, that is light that is uh, they, they say the, the the letter shin which is the fire element in the hebrew alphabet the 21st letter of the hebrew alphabet it's made up uh, it looks like a fire and that shape is imprinted on our hearts so if we can really begin to trust like we began speaking about you know having the courage to speak to speak up even you know even if it's not accepted even if it might be the wrong answer i mean it it, it takes time and wisdom to really refine our voices and connect it with our inner wisdom but you know at first we have to take a chance and and you know do it anyway Try it out. I, I did that when I was starting. I was always told, like you, oh, you know, don't sing. Uh, uh, you can't play the harp. I was told by professional harpists. Well, at least you're brave to get out there and try it. But, you know, you really aren't very good. I mean, it was really rude comments that I had to endure. And, and um, 
you know, it takes courage to just step out and, and, and do it until you get better and better and better and you work at it. Um, so I, you know, I, I think we get back to the voice and that the voice is the number one instrument. It's the most powerful instrument that we have on the planet because it's the only instrument that is alive, that is connected with a body. You know, we have all sorts of other instruments that we can use, but the voice, it has a direct empowerment and a, a direct conscious connection with the creation. Uh, the Yaqui indigenous people of the Americas talked about voice being the lingua franca, the, the intelligent language of the universe. And so, you know, here we are. Are we using our voices? How are we using them? Mm, that is so beautiful. Intelligent language of the universe. Wow. Now, Annie, I, uh, when I introduced you, um, I also mentioned that you visit sacred sites and do pilgrimages to sacred sites. I would really love to hear a little bit more about how we can use our voices to connect with these sacred sites and their, their the essence of these places. Very good question, Emmy. And and I I can only speak from my experience. Um, I started by listening. And um, it, it probably began consciously around 1985, and I went to ancient sites, and I would I would listen, and sometimes I would hear music or chanting or voices in the landscape in ancient sites, and I would try to duplicate this sound that I was hearing. Sometimes it would be a chant in some unknown language. And I had verification. One time I was walking with a partner in the landscape in Arizona and the beautiful red rocks, and I heard a chant and he heard it as well. And so I, you know, one more uh, kind of uh, confirmation that I wasn't absolutely mad that you know there there was someone else that could hear this, um, and so when I go into an ancient site, I often will attune to the site first because each site is different. Whether it's an ancient dolmen or the pyramids in Egypt or uh, an ancient uh, sanctuary at a spring, and just listening and being there first, not going in with our big idea of what the site needs but actually listening to the elements, listening to the guardians. And then if there is in fact a voice that is arising or a song or sacred words of some sort, then you know, to enact that at the site actually increases the life force and the life energy of the site and ourselves. You know, there's no separation between us and the earth, us and the uh, sanctuary. So um, I, that's how a lot of the music uh, arises that, that, that I do, um, that it, it comes from a, an ancient site or a place in nature or sometimes from a dream, you know. Mm. 
Oh, that is so beautiful. And I had chills all over me when you were talking about listening to the sounds of a place. And it reminded me of an experience I had when I was in the Great Pyramid in, in Egypt. And I was perhaps in the furthest little chamber that you were allowed to go to as, as a tourist. And this little chamber had, um, there was water trickling in through the rocks of the walls of the pyramid. And suddenly this the sound just started coming out through my throat. This, this it wasn't a chant really, but more, more like a hum, maybe a mixture between a hum and a chant. And it's just something that I couldn't control. It just simply started coming through through my mouth. And it was quite an incredible experience. Yes, powerful, powerful, powerful to, uh, to have those experiences. I, I had a, a dream long ago that um, was a teaching that really reminded me to do deep listening before doing anything. And in, in the dream, it was a, a woman who was weaving a beautiful fabric on a large loom. And she had a shawl draped around her shoulders that obviously she had woven. Uh, and I was just observing this woman. She acted like I wasn't even there. I was just observing her. And she would weave for a while. And then she would get up and get down on the ground and put her ear to the earth and listen. And then she would get up and go back to the loom and weave the next section. And she kept doing this over and over, listening with her ear to the earth and then weaving the next segment of, of what she was creating. And I realized that you know, we, if we listen before we do anything, really, that we probably will get it right. <laughs> So we'll probably be following our bones or following a higher dispensation, uh, most likely. And uh, so that, that, that really helped um, facilitate that. And I don't know if we have time for a little story, a little example. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, it was fairly recently in the last couple of years, I've been working with one particular dolmen. I'm, I'm writing a book on ancient uh, feminine temples on both sides of the Pyrenees. And a focus has been uh, on the Catalan uh, Iberian side of the southern side of the Pyrenees. So I was at this dolmen that I've been visiting quite a few times because it's on a very special alignment. And um, I went in, it was the first time I was able to take the small harp inside of the, of the chamber. And a dolmen is like a little stone house with a roof, right? And usually they're aligned to a particular uh, area of the sky or time of the year. And in this case, it was aligned to the winter solstice sunset. So uh, I went in with my harp, it was just after winter solstice. And my focus was to connect with the northern axis, which was marked on the rear of the chamber, the, the north facing stone that had a deep umbilical indention that was aligned perfectly to the pole star. And I went into the chamber, I lit a candle and I sat quietly with my harp until I heard play the tone E, E is inelegant. 
And so I started just strumming that tone slowly. And then a song emerged with, with basically based on the E and B tones, which form a, a, a fifth harmonic. <clears throat> and the melody was very sweet and beautiful. And I finished playing and it actually became a song that I late, later recorded called Guardians of the Light. Because my friend that works with these sites says that these stone, stone temples are guardians of the light and the cycles of light and time and space. So I went back to uh, my apartment and I turned on the computer and there was a message from Space Weather uh, about a, an astrophysicist who had monitored a perfect tone, which was extremely rare, emanating from the sun into the North Pole of the Earth. So I contacted the scientist right away to find out what tone it was. And in fact, it was the tone in the song that I was playing in the dolmen. And I asked the scientist, I said, oh, my goodness, what do you think this is a, a, a wonderful synchronicity or a co-creation? And he said, oh, I prefer to think of it as a co-creation. So this kind of stretches the idea of the authentic sound in the moment, in a sight, in ourselves, and then all the way to the stars and a way of communicating with the stars. I know the Egyptians were doing this. I know the Mayans were doing this. Many indigenous and ancient cultures were aware of this ancient sound science and the singing of the stars within us. But are we using this science? Are we actually uh, remembering it and experiencing it? And perhaps that's what you were hearing in the pyramid. We don't know. It might have been a song from the ancient times or the tones from the earth or the stars. Um, but, you know, using our voices to connect and, and our deep listening to find the tones in the moment, the sounds and the expressions in the moment uh, help us connect with all of creation. Mm. Oh, wow. Goosebumps all over. Thank you, Ani, for, for sharing that story. And, and that is just opening up so much for me right now. I can really feel this activation going through me. Wow. I'm going to have to sit with this and re-listen to this afterwards as well. Um, wow. Really, really appreciate you sharing that. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, mm, thank you. Oh, I could listen to you for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> but Annie, if, I, if our listeners wanted to get in touch with you and find out more about your work, where would they go? Well, the easiest place is, is my website because you'll find a lot of different things online. But um, going directly to my website at Annie, A-N-I, AnnieWilliams.com uh, has... a really a, a, a lot of information, um, articles on ancient sites, on sound, some of these stories I've shared, um, uh, music that I've done uh, based on, on feminine traditions and ancient cultures. 
uh, the new course I'm offering online. It's uh, on sound alchemy, bioacoustic medicine. So all of that is is explained, and and it, uh, there are products you can hear as well. You don't have to, you know, buy anything. You can just go and explore. Um, anyway, yeah, that's the best way. Beautiful. Thank you so much. And I understand you've also got a gift for our listeners. Yes, uh, we were talking about the fire in the belly and the the uh, empowerment within and the that sexual center uh, that has to do with manifesting who we really are. And it relates to the tone C sharp in the uh, system that I use. And um, so this C sharp, uh, I, I recorded a series of the 12 tone meditations. And this is the C sharp track for uh, the Hara, uh, the empowerment within that cauldron of fire. Um, and so it's a 15 minute meditation that they can chant along with. And there's a, a nine page uh, file that I think I sent that goes along with it that explains how to use it and how to connect with that inner fire. Mm, beautiful. Thank you so much for that, Ani. And I'm. this is something that I am definitely going to be engrossing myself in and really going deeper and deeper with this with my voice as well. So thank you, Ani, for all the inspiration and the wisdom and this beautiful embodied knowing that you have with us. Thank you so much, Emmy, and, and, and bravo to you and your mission there, uh, empowering uh, people all over the world and the feminine voice within men and women. Thank you. Thank you, Ani. Thank you. Now, everybody, just for a moment, let's focus our awareness on this powerful, beautiful, activating energy that's been gathering within this interview. And imagine sending this energy to everybody and everything on our planet to remember that we are all truly one and that the more of us have the courage to step into our sacred feminine power, the more quickly our planet will also ascend and heal. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>